All right, praise God. Praise God. Last, uh, last week, we spoke about boulders and how boulders can get into your life and, and uh, hold back blessings and so forth. And we went through talking about the various boulders, how they tend to manifest themselves. And while we go about in our conscience of removing boulders in our lives, we still need to make sure that we're doing God's will. And, and not our will. You know, one of the things that we as human beings do so often is that we tend to want to bring God down to our level, you know, and for God to do what we think should be done instead of us striving to move up to God's level. Uh, and we see that as kind of a theme, you know, that's been, is beginning to go throughout the church more and more. You know, you, you read about people dropping out of church and so on like that and and many times it's because of the fact they feel that they cannot live by God's rules they can't live by God's will they can't live by what the Bible requires them to do many people feel that they shouldn't be or can't be Christians because there is something so forbidding about Christianity and that they would rather have God change to accommodate what they want to do in life rather than them changing to, to do what God wants them to do so it becomes, it becomes a problem and and the church, therefore, in some cases, you know, they tend to to try to to, to loosen um, their worship patterns. In some cases, they actually change doctrine and so forth, just to accommodate what the people want the church to represent, in the hopes of bringing in more people. And therefore, if they're bringing in more people, they're collecting more money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, the bottom line is that we cannot expect uh, God to change to our will. That's not the way it works, not at all. I mean, He's the Creator, you know. He's the potter. We are the clay. You know, uh, all of us at some time in school, elementary or whatever, have had sculpture in class, or maybe you just played around with clay and that little ashtray that you were trying to make for mom, or whatever it is you were trying to make. Can you imagine while you're molding that ashtray or that thing, that clay stands up and speaks back and says, "No, I don't want to be an ashtray," and slaps you about the face and, and says, "I'm going to mold myself to do what I want to do." Well, that's kind of what we as human beings, in many cases, try to do. You know, God is the creator. He's the potter. We are the clay. But we want the church to change to accommodate what we want to do just because we feel more comfortable that way. And then it, it, we, we then have an excuse to live our lives, uh, in many cases, in a sinful manner because now the church is condoning what we're doing. Amen. Amen. But we as child of children of God, we cannot do that. We have to make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do. Um, let's turn as a good example of that. Let's turn to Matthew 26. Matthew 26, and we will start there in terms of doing God's will, because um, Jesus had to reconcile himself, or I shouldn't say he had to reconcile himself, but Jesus certainly made that statement. And where you're going in Matthew 26 is, um, is his prayer in the garden at Gethsemane. Amen. And... Um, and it starts, uh, we'll start at verse number 36. Okay, 36 starts with, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very depressed. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on, on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, 
If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. Okay, so underline that if you don't have it already underlined. Let this, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. So here, this is Jesus now. This is, this is God, and he's praying because he knew what laid before him. He knew the work that he had to do on the cross. He knew that all the pain that he had to do and to, to take on and most most importantly, he knew that the sins of all mankind were going to be dumped upon him, and he was sinless. Here he was, God had always, he was the word, as John says, that, that was with God from the beginning and was always with God. So now he's about to undergo this. But he says, if it is possible, is there another way? But then he said, however, Father, not according to what I want to do, but according to what you want to do. All right? So we have to realize right there, Jesus made a decision, and that's the decision that we have to make. So many times there are things that we want in life, so many times there are things that we feel are a good thing for us, uh, a, a good circumstance, a good position, a good place to live, a good house, or whatever it might be. We feel that this is good for us, but however, not according to our will, but according to God's. Amen? It also goes on today. It go to Matthew uh, chapter 7. Okay? It has to be done according to his will. And we should be able to call Jesus Lord. And if we have a problem in saying that, that he is indeed Lord, if he is Lord of our lives, then we should be able to do, do his will and the will of the Father. Uh, Matthew 7, verse number 21. Okay, the importance of doing God's word. Verse number 21, 721. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out demons, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Alright? So the key thing there is it says in verse number 21, but he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Alright? So we have to make sure that we are indeed doing the will of God that is in heaven. You know? And of course, how do we know his will? Well, we'll talk about that a little bit more. So we can be doing all these other things, you know, be giving, tithing, Looking at boulders that are in our lives, removing boulders. But if we're not doing God's will, then Jesus is saying there at some point, he could wind up saying, get away from me because I never knew you. And we must do the will of the Father. This is the only way, not the will of men, but God's will. Not our own will, but God's will. Just because we call Jesus our Lord, this will not save us if we're not doing his will. We have to make sure that we're not doing the will of others also. You know, Because many times we listen to other people, and other people will do not... First of all, they don't know what God wants you to do. And they'll be guiding you in some other direction very, very possibly. That'll take you away from God. Or do doing something that will get you into a whole lot of trouble. That may open the door for, uh, for satanic uh, um, uh, uh, you, you know, action or things to go further wrong in your life. Amen. So you can't be listening to other people. You have to be so single-minded where that is to go. We learn from scriptures that, that we don't go to heaven by doing the will of men or by doing what we think is right. The only way we can go to heaven is by doing the will of the Father, and that will is found right in our Bibles. Do we know what the will of the Father is? All right? And how do we find out the will of the Father? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. We are made in God's image, but we try to conform God to our own image, as I said a minute ago, by doing things that we want to do. Uh, Matthew 7. Go to Matthew 7. 
I'm going to read a few scriptures here that, ver- that point to that. Matthew 7, verse number 13. Matthew 7, verse number 13. Enter in at the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be who go in that way. Because narrow is the gate, and hard is the way which leads unto life. A few there be that find it. So in other words, you know, the, 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 the wide gate, you know, wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. That's so easy for us to follow. It's a lot easier for us to do things that God would not want us to do than to do those things that God would want us to do. It's very, very easy for us to just take the way out, listen to what someone else is saying, or doing what our head tells us to do, because many times, or there are many, sometimes, maybe, or I will say many times, that something that we want to do, you will hear from Holy Spirit in your spirit, do not go that way. Take this other route. Do this other thing. And that other thing to you is more challenging, you know. It is not our nature as human beings. What's that that saying about water seeks the path of least resistance? All right. It is not our nature to do things uh, that are uneasy for us. It is not our nature as human beings to do those things that require uh, some challenge or require some discipline. You know, it would be a whole lot easier for all of us to just give up, not set the alarm clocks on Sunday morning and just don't go to church. It'd be a lot easier for us to just stay there in bed, you know, and just do whatever other people do. You know, watch the game or go to Walmart or whatever and just go out and do whatever it is, you know. Instead of being disciplined and saying, well, no, I need to go to church. Not just because it's a ritual, but I want to go to church because this is where God is. This is where God says that we need to fellowship one with the other. So I'm going to church to do what God wants me to do. This is God's will. It is God's will for us to fellowship together according to his word. But it would be so easy for us and wide is that gate and if you think that gate is not wide um, driving down the highway or driving here even by the local streets how many people do you see out doing other things when we used to go to the Salem Academy to hold services I remember that strip of the highway there where they had these youngsters playing soccer every single Sunday now this was 9.30 or so in the morning every single Sunday they're out playing soccer no one is thinking about those children's future No one is thinking about where they need to be, even as adults. But that gate is so wide and it's so easy to just say, yeah, let's go down to the soccer field and let's go with the kiddies and the other adults and just have a good time. Instead of doing what God wants us to do, you see. It would be so interesting, by the way, if all of a sudden everyone was to get raptured away and then they're left there in the soccer field just standing alone, wondering, wondering what's happening. So it is so important for us to want to do God's will because we've got such a future. There's a future laid out there before for us. You know, this life that we are living is very, very transitory. It's it's, it's very, very, it's temporal. You know, this is not the end game. You know, so just because it may be appealing to go play soccer or to go do what your friend, other people are doing, what other non-Christians, how many folks have gotten phone calls Christmas or uh, Sunday morning just before you're ready to leave? Someone is, oh, let's go do so and so. Especially those people that don't know that you, you're committed, you're committed to church. They'll try to call you up and get you to do things that will keep you away from church. And how many times many of us, many of us, will, will, will fall to that? Will say, oh yeah, I think I will. I think I will. You know, it's okay for me to miss one son, it's okay, you know, wide is the gate. Now, I'm not saying that no one is entitled to vacation, I'm not saying that people don't get sick and there are times that you miss, but everything, all things being equal, is that the time 
that you give in to that person that is calling you up to go do something else on a Sunday morning when you should be in church, when normally you are in church, that one particular day in church, and I've seen it happen so many times, there is something, there's a move of Holy Spirit, there's a message that is preached, there is something that goes on that could have benefited you directly. But wide is the gate, wide is the gate, you see? So we need to be so careful that we always stay and stick to God's narrow gate, which leads to him, you know. It's not always easy, but we have to be disciplined. In this day and age, with all that's going on, and I I know I I say this a lot, but, but I really sincerely mean this, that we as Christians need to really listen at what is going on in the world, you know. Don't be afraid to listen to the news and follow what's going on because the signs of the time are, are the signs in the Bible are, for, are unfolding right before our very eyes. All right? And we as Christians, if we don't make up our minds to really, really go through the narrow gate and follow God, I believe things are going to happen in our lifetimes that are going to change the course of history. All right? I really believe that if you look at what's going on around us. You know, so you need, to, you need to be as watchmen on the wall and be attentive to make sure we're doing God's will. I believe that things will be going going on where there'll be many opportunities to pull us away from God because I think that things are going to become more challenging if Jesus continues to, ch- to, to tarry. Uh, obviously if he returns for us and we're raptured away then that will be just a great thing but I believe that you if you're watchful enough and, and attentive to what's going on around you and what's happening in the world around you you're going to see some historical changes being made that can potentially impact this country so I think it's time for us as Christians to really get more God centered and start following what God wants us to do to make sure that we're ready um, John let's go to the book of John John chapter 6 Okay, John chapter 6, and let's see here, 34. Okay, it's very important for us to know and to understand that because of Jesus, um, that we have eternal life. 36, what did I say, John six thirty-four. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. You also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that comes to me will I in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will who has sent me, that of all that he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Alright? So, in that last verse there, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone who seen, has seen the Son, believe on him, will have everlasting life. Well, believe that. You will have everlasting life. So if you know that you will have everlasting life, and that at some day you will be with the Heavenly Father, then why is it that things are 
on this planet Earth? Why is it that the day-to-day things take such high priority in our lives? You know, yes, we do what we need to do. You have to go to work. You have to earn a living. But God knows that. But this is only this is only but one slice. This is one chapter out of an eternity that is to be. So we need to make sure that we are indeed at all times doing the will of the Father. One of the things that we need to do is to pray without ceasing. One Thessalonians. One Thessalonians. One Thessalonians five. One Thessalonians five and uh, let's see. Oops. Do that thing just right. Okay, Um, wherefore, 11, wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as you also did. Beseech you, brethren, to know them who labor among you and who admonish you and to esteem them. Is that the right scripture that I want here? Means 5. That's not the scripture that I wanted here. One of the scriptures that was talking about praying, praying without ceasing. One of the things that we need to make sure that we are doing is, in, is indeed praying uh, nonstop. How can you know the will of God? How can you know the will of God if you're not praying uh, without ceasing? You know, uh, if you want to do God's will, you won't know that unless you're praying to him because that prayer time is the time that God is communicating with you. You know, we think that prayer is a one-way, we think that prayer is a one-way operation where you simply pray and you get up off your knees and then you're done and that is indeed not the case. So if you want to make sure that you're doing God's will, you have to pray. We have so many things going on in our lives um, because we all live, we all live in, in, in multi, multi-faceted, if you will, life experiences that sometimes we feel like we're pulled in 9,000 different directions, you know. And you need to choose which direction to go in because you certainly cannot go in all directions at once. So how do you know which, which direction to go? You know, the only way that you can do that is by seeking God's face. And I believe everyone in this room at one time or another has had a challenge that was brought before them, be it financial, be it spiritual, or be it any other way. And during that time of that challenge, I know that at some point you went to God. Because if you didn't go to God, then you probably would not be sitting here today because you probably would have just given up and thrown up your hands. So, so we need to pray without ceasing. Get to the point that everything that comes into your life, every single choice that you have to make, every single decision that you have to make. If things are not going the way you thought they were going to go, if all of a sudden there's an obstacle in your way, if all of a sudden where you thought you were going down God's path, all of a sudden there's a shift and something throws you to the left or the right, how do you get back into God's path again? The only way that you can do that is by indeed um, praying, praying to him, praying to him. Let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. One Peter verse number nine. One Peter verse number nine. Okay, one Peter verse number nine. Okay. One Peter verse number nine. Praise God. 
one, I'm sorry, 1 Peter 2. Sorry about that. 1 Peter 2. Got a whole lot of verse 9, sorry. 1 Peter 2. I'll get it together up here. 1 Peter chapter 2. And then we'll do verse number 9. Praise God. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who in times past were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. All right, so underline, un- underline that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Okay? You know, you've got to get deep in your spirit that you are chosen. You know, you're not just the av- just like the average person that's out there. And many of us, at some point or, or other, there may have been something that was going going on in your life that was particularly troublesome. There may have been things going on in your life that were bothersome, and you didn't know how to 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 conquer them or to achieve wherever you wanted to be. But look how God intervened, and look how things worked out. All of us, I'm sure, can speak of a time when you had issues of life going on, and then all of a sudden things just seemed to fall into place. That which you were praying for did indeed come to happen. You know, well, that's not by coincidence. We as Christians don't live by coincidence. You know, God has chosen you for a particular reason. God does have His hand on you, and those times that you've seen. God move miraculously in your life and do wondrous things is because he's chosen you. So you have to consider yourself to be indeed a special person. You know, it continues in verse 11 and says, in number 11 it says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as sojourners, as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. You know, having your behavior honest among the Gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evil doers, they may by your good works which they shall Behold, glorify God in the day of visitations. All right. So you see there what it's talking about there is, is that, you know, we, we're strangers in this land because we are really citizens of God according to the word of God. So we need to make sure that we're not going and acting the same way that the Gentiles or the non-believers act. Again, that kind of gets back to that wide gate versus the narrow gate. In the workplaces in which we work, in the places that we live, the places that we, that we shop, all of our friends and acquaintances are not are not born again, blood-washed believers. So indeed, you are around people that are non-believers. We need to make sure that we're not going in that way. We have the holiday season that's coming up now, and, and how many people will get invited to all, sort, all sorts of festivities and things that are going on. And we have to pick and choose, you know. You know, I, I would much rather, I, I don't want to say, say offend, but I would much rather tell a co-worker or a neighbor or someone else that's inviting me to participate in something that is not of God, I'd much rather go down the path of making them unhappy with me than making God unhappy with me. You know, you get invited to go someplace or to participate in something that you know is not of God. You know, and, and, and you'll know. And, and you'll know. How many here have been, been, been almost drawn into something or invited to something or been pulled into a conversation which you know, which you know is not in line with God's word? How many people actually have, have experienced that where in your spirit, in the quiet of your spirit, you kind of hear uh, you don't want to hear that, or you don't want to get involved in that, or you don't want to be agreeing to that, you know. 
But, but, you know, you're almost tempted because wide is the gate, the easy way out is for you to simply go along with what they're saying, you know. Oh, gee whiz, you know, you're not going to go with us, you're not going to attend, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. Well, I'd much rather run the risk of letting them be a little bit upset with me and they say, no, I'm sorry, but I can't do that, than for me to go along and jump into that, go along with the wide gate, going through the wide gate and doing that which they're calling me to do because I know that would not be God's will for me. You see, God's will for me. And by him saying the word, the word God saying in the word there that your sojourners or your strangers in the land, you know, we are placed here for this time and for a season to do whatever it is God wants us to do. But we're citizens of, uh, uh, of the heavenly kingdom, of God's kingdom. That's where our citizenship really, really is. But so many times we forget that and we try to, to please and try to go along with what it is that the Gentiles or the non-believers would be calling us to do. You know, it is God's will that that we should also be bearing fruit. Go to Colossians. Go to Colossians. Colossians 1. Colossians 1, verse number 9. Okay, if we're doing God's will, this is another thing that wears a part of God's will for us. Verse number 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. I'll wait till we're all there. Colossians 9. Colossians 1. Okay. Verse number 9. Praise God. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Please underline that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, who has made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. All right, so the most important um, uh, scriptures there is actually in verse number 9, where it says, uh, uh, For this cause also... Since the day you heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. If you are not doing God's will, then it is, impo- it is impossible for you to have his wisdom and spiritual understanding. All right? And it is so important for us to have spiritual understanding. Everything that happens in this physical life, everything that happens to you in this world that you're going through, you, through has a spiritual basis. Okay, everything. The spirit realm is more important than the physical realm because the spiritual realm pre-existed all that is physical. God existed in the spiritual realm long before anything was created. 
So everything that happens to us has a spiritual basis. You always you hear me talk about to every for every physical thing there's a spiritual counterpart. You know, there's a spiritual thing that's going on. So if we don't have wisdom of that spiritual of of the spiritual realities, then it's hard for us to to cope with the things that would be in the natural. Okay. There was a time that uh, um, we were praying for a piece of property. And there seemed to be opposition that was going on. There didn't seem to be. There was opposition that was going on. So what we did was, in the spiritual, we literally possessed the land. Literally. Alright? And I mean, by that, we prayed, we bound up and we cast out. We walked around that property, kind of similar to what they did in Jericho, claiming that land. Now this is, you know, well... Why didn't you go to the real estate agency? Why didn't you go to the people? Why didn't you go to this and why didn't you go? This was a spiritual thing that was going on. So we prayed and we received it in belief. Thank you, Lord. We believe that we have received this property. We thank you that we have believed it. We bound up and we cast out spiritually. And to make a long story short, we wound up getting the property. All right? So I'm saying to you is that get the spiritual, get the wisdom and the understanding there. Um, where, where he says there in number nine... Where he says there, uh, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The wisdom and the spiritual understanding that you need to be overcomers can only come from God. So that means when you have challenges in your life, if the first thing that you, that you don't do is go to God, you know, if you're not going to God right away, then you're missing out on every single opportunity to overcome whatever that issue is. All right? This is wisdom and spiritual understanding. And this is doing the will of God. It's God's will that you will go to him first for whatever is going on in your life. And that whatever is going on in your life is entailing jobs, it's entailing houses, it's, in, it's entailing your future. It, 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 it contains and refers to people, people in your family, people in your life, people who may be giving you a hard way to go. You need to have wisdom and spiritual understanding. That is God's will, you see. But the wide gate for that, the going through the wide gate instead of the narrow gate, instead of saying the narrow gate would be, Lord, I need to overcome the situation. I need to have some guidance here. The narrow gate would be for you to be disciplined enough to come home or before you get up spending time with God. Before you go out spending time with God. When you come home spending time with God. Spending time with God until this thing or the circumstance, whatever this Goliath is that is before you, until God removes it. Amen. Wisdom is following his will by not going through the wide gate. The wide gate would be you just getting up in the morning you're thinking about the situation. It's troubling you. It's, it's giving you a problem and whatnot. And you just, get, you just kind of say oh well, boy, I hope this thing works out. Okay, Lord, just help me. And you're jumping in your car and you're going on about your day-to-day business. You know, that's the wide gate because that's the easy way. It is far easier for us just to, to, to not do anything, so to speak, or to not do what God wants us to do. All right? The narrow gate would be for you to get disciplined and say, Okay, Lord, I think you're showing me something here. I'm having an issue in this area here. You know, this person over here, this is happening. You know, what is going on? You know, the narrow gate is to say that I'm going to spend some time with you, God, because I need some answers to this. All right. What I think I hear you telling me, Lord, is to take this step. What I think I hear you saying, Lord, is to open this door to go here. Is that what you want me to do? Now, that takes a little work. Yeah. But that's the narrow gate. You see, and that's what God would have us to do. What did Jesus say? You know? Heavenly Father, if there's any way for this thing, 
if I don't have to go there to let it pass for me. However, God, you know, not my will, but your will, you know. What if Jesus, being a man, even though he was God, and Jesus had free will, as did the angels, the third of the angels that decided to follow Satan, what if Jesus had said, I'm sorry, Father, but I never knew sin. I've been with you forever, all this eternity. I'm sorry, Father, but I can't do this. I, I'm, I'm not going to do this. You know, you ever think with horror what would have happened had Jesus made that decision? So the narrow gate, the narrow gate. We cannot take, go through the wide gate and taking the easy way out. You have to want to know what God's will is. And sometimes seeking God's will can be a laborious thing. But that also, it builds patience in us because it lets us know that God is going to answer me. All right? And until I hear God's answer, I am not going to pull away. I'm going to keep focused and keep on moving forward in line with where God wants me to go. You see? So, so that is, is wisdom and it's gain, and that wisdom will give you the spiritual understanding that is being referred to here. Um, he, he goes on to say uh, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So if you're doing that, it says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. All right. Being fruitful is you um, um, bringing forth fruit. It's, 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 it's being beneficial. You know, beneficial to you or perhaps beneficial to someone else. But it's bringing forth fruit. You've heard, you've heard the, the scripture that says, um, uh, 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 by their fruits you shall know them. All right? By their fruits you shall know them. How do you want to be known? You want to be known by your positive fruits or, or by, by, by Jesus. You know, every time she, so, she shows up, man, there's some wisdom that she talks about. There's some guidance. Every time she shows up, boy, oh boy, she sure helps. She, she helps to bring things into focus. You will find yourself as children of God if you're following God's will. Because it goes on to say here, um, uh, fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. If you're following God's will, you will find yourself being in places. And sometimes when we're told to go someplace, when we're told to go somewhere, that God has a mission for you. God has a message that he might want you to bring. If you find all of a sudden that a relative is inviting you someplace, or there's someplace odd that you're being sent, then you ask Lord, you know, what is your will here? You know, is there something you want me to say, or is there something that you want me to do? You will find, and sometimes you may not find out about it for many months to come, or many even years to come, but something that you said based on Holy Spirit guidance and knowledge of God, that you may have said to someone in a situation that helped to bring them out of that situation. And, and that is by your fruits. By your fruits, you shall be known. You see, conversely, if you're the kind of person that every place you go, you, you know, you, you, you're like a hurricane. You're like a typhoon. You're just devastating. Every, oh gosh, whatever you do, you want to, you don't invite him. You know, you don't want to invite him because by the time he leaves, things will be worse off than where they were before. Or you don't want to take his advice because you'll be bankrupt or whatever the case may be. You want to be known as that by, by your fruits, okay, by your fruits. You know, you buy your fruits. And if you're doing what God's will is and you're seeking him, then you wind up with this uh, increasing in the knowledge of God. All right. And don't you want to increase in the knowledge of God? Don't you? 
You, you know, I mean, gee whiz, if I could just sit and spend an eternity, which I will have, amen, to just know God and to hear the deeper fa- facts and truths of him, all of the many questions and the mysteries of God, boy, I would love to know that. Now, right now, our little puny mind certainly could not, could not withstand, if God was to do a, a, a brain dump on us, I'm sure we would not be able to withstand that, but increasing in the knowledge of God. There is an increase in the knowledge of God that God wishes us to have while we are here on this planet. He does not want us to be unknowledgeable of him or unknowing of him. Amen. So, so again, kind of going through the narrow gate, you know, you say, well, you know, Michael, you want to go to this party or you want to go to this football game on Sunday morning? And Well, no, I, I'd rather go to church. You know, I'm going to spend some time reading the Bible. That's going through the narrow gate. Why? Because I want to increase my knowledge of God. I want to increase my knowledge of God. Okay? Um, you will find that there are many sports figures today that, that, that are, are bringing God into the profession. You know, we all know about Tebow and, and how he just, just openly just prayed. You know, many, many sports figures today are bringing it openly. You know, but, but, but the people of the world, they do not like that. They do not like that. You want to be blessed. If you want to, want to succeed at what you're doing, then you have to have a desire to increase in the knowledge of God. Verse number 11 says, Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering and with joyfulness. Strengthen with all might. According to his glorious power. Here you've got the Father, the creator of the universe here, who has untold power. That is saying to us that he can give us that power. Power to be patient, power to be strong. When things are going poorly in our lives, you know, when your stomach is doing flip-flops because you don't know where to turn, the place to turn is to God. When you're feeling the most powerless, when you're feeling the most, uh, 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 feeling like hopelessness is in your life, you don't know where to turn, you don't know what to do, the place to go is God. And that's where you receive your strength and your power. I know that there are many of us that had some difficult, traumatizing things happening to us. Over the last year and things like that. Traumatizing things that would traumatize most people. But because of the fact that we're children of God, even when things seem its worst, but that we remember to seek God. And it's something that, it's something that you don't necessarily understand, but you just simply pray, Lord, I need strength. I need some guidance. I need to know, Lord. You will feel come about you um, an, an awareness. You will, will know what steps you need to take. The burdens that you are carrying on your shoulders, the thing that you are worrying about the most, all of a sudden will not be a worry to you. Do, do those things still need to be taken care of? Yes, they do. Do certain actions need to be taken? Yes, they do need to be taken. But God will give you the peace in knowing that you don't have to carry the burden by yourself. You see, that's the biggest thing. When you're feeling hopelessness, when you're feeling that someone in the family is giving you such a hard time that there's a situation before you that you just can't see how it's going to work out. You, you, you know, you, you do the math on papers and you look at your numbers and you write down a plan and it just, you can't see how it's going to work out. You see, when you get to the point that you can just say, Lord, I'm looking at this stuff, you know, and it, it looks like, you know, it looks like quantum physics or something to me. I don't understand this. God, you take it. The mere fact that you've learned how to just give it to God, you will feel the release, you'll feel the pressure go off of you, and then you indeed will be strengthened, you know. I don't know if you've been so burdened with something where you felt weak in the knees, when you felt like you were dragging about. You will feel strengthened in your knees that you can indeed walk forward, you can move forward, you see. But doing the will of God is, is even that. 
Doing the will of God is knowing that you need to turn to Him because that's His will. You know, and, and, and I don't know if you forget that, and, and people, um, they miss it. Are you doing the will of God? Yes, I am. I'm going to church. I'm tithing, I'm giving offerings, you know, I'm praying for the sick, I'm doing the will of God, I'm doing the will of God. But the will of God also is for you to have enough knowledge and enough wisdom to know, what you do, to know that what you can't handle, you need to give to God. Because, because that's His will. You understand what I'm saying? It goes beyond going to church, giving tithes and so on like that. It goes beyond that. It's God's will that you should be, you should be fruitful. It's God's will that when you're touching someone else, that it's in a very, very positive way. It is not your, 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 it's not God's will for you to be a devastating force. That when you're around people, all you do is just obliterate lives and blow up lives and bring about despair. It is not God's will at all. And we know people that do that. You know, there are some people. There are some people I wouldn't go to the barber shop with. <laughs> you know, because I, I, all they do is just bring, you know, strife. You know, and I don't know if you know people like that, but there are some folks that that I refuse to go on trips with. I will not travel anywhere. I will not take vacation with them. You know, because in times past there was nothing but confusion and strife and bickering the whole time. I just will not subject myself to that. Okay, so he wants us to be fruitful in every good work, increasing the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all peace and long suffering and with joyfulness. Giving thanks unto the Father who has made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of life. You have an inheritance, you know. God has things that he wants to give you. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. All right, and in closing here, um, let's try Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Okay. I won't go there right now, but 1 John chapter 2 verse 15 to 17 talks about do not be conformed to this age. And it is so easy for us to be conformed to this age. Um, there's, uh, and, and I'll, I'll go on and say this, we're, we're, all, we're all adults and things here. Uh, there's a new thing in New York City now where they have an artist that paints topless women. And these women are walking about the streets and they're painted. And so they're saying because they're painted that it's okay. One newscaster interviewing one of the women said, um, do, you, uh, do you have a religion? You know, she said, yes, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Then she quickly said, I'm a Christian, but, but God does not judge. Remember that. So she was twisting God's word to make it seem that, that it was okay for her to be doing this. You see? You see? And, and, and that's going through the wide gate. That's just going along with other people are going. And these people are walking around in broad daylight. So one of they're not being arrested and so on like that. But I'm just going to show you though. Here this woman is taking God's word and twisting it. We know what God says about judgment. Oh yeah, yeah God, God does judge. You know, God does judge. The Bible says that he's the only one that's qualified to judge is God. But she's twisting the word of God to justify what she is doing and to make it seem right. You see, and so we see this more and more. And what I'm saying to you is that 
in going through the narrow gate and choosing to go through the narrow gate. As times continue to move in the direction that they are, and as Jesus continues to tarry, and as we are still here, we're going to see more and more of this ungodly behavior going on, and people trying to justify it by twisting the word of God. So it's so important that we, you know, as believers and born-again, blood-washed Christians, if we hear something like that, you know, that we don't fall prey to the same deception, you know. Because what if that was something that you enjoyed? Suppose, you know, me with my gadgets and, and electronics and whatnot, you know, what if someone tried to justify doing something really, really wrong with the electronics and say, oh, don't worry about it, God doesn't judge. And I decide to go along with that, then I'm going through that wide gate, that wide gate to hell along with them, you see. So we need to make sure that we're not being conformed to this age. So in closing here, Ephesians 5, Ephesians chapter 5, and I want to go to verse number 15. Uh, matter of fact, let's, let, let's start with, with 11. Go back up to 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are, are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatever does make mani- for whatever doth make manifest is light. Um, everything that is done in darkness is eventually revealed. You know, okay? And that's another thing where you can just kind of rest and you don't have to feel that you have to make sure that someone becomes accountable for what they're doing. We see people all around us all of the time doing things that are not of God, doing things in darkness. In other words, whatever is done in darkness is made manifest by light, okay, by the light. So we don't have to feel responsible. Oh, I got to make sure that somebody knows what they're doing. God will reveal it. God will reveal it, okay? All of these people that we see that are in important places that are, you know, so many of them, and I'm not getting political here, but you just listen to people speak on TV, and they say, uh, oh, I never said so-and-so and so, or, or take an entirely different position on something that is important to us as a country. Oh, I never said that. I never said that. They forget that in this day and age, everything is on videotape. Everything. Everything. You know? And you look at them and you say, gee whiz, how can these people be getting away with that? They lie, they lie, they lie. Well, guess what? Everything that is done in darkness, things that are done behind closed doors in important places will be revealed. Amen? And we don't have to worry about it. But it continues on there and says in verse number um, 13, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. Arise from the dead, meaning the unknowing. Awake, from, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Light there is knowledge. So underline that, please. Arise from the dead, which is the unknowing. Draw a line up to your margin and write the word unknowing in there. And then underline the word light. Christ shall give thee light. That means knowledge. Draw a line out to it in your margin and write the word knowledge. Okay? Christ shall give thee light or knowledge. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Please underline that, please. Be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Okay? That you know what the will of the Lord is. So it says that, don't be foolish. Wake up those that sleep. 
You know, if, if, if there are those that you know that are going around in, in some sort of a dream state thinking that, oh, it's okay to do this, it's okay to do that, or, or you know, God doesn't mean that. Well, you know what the Word of God says, because you're staying in prayer with Him, you know, and you're praying with Him, and He will give you the wisdom, but make sure that you're doing what the will of the Lord is. And the only way to know what the will of the Lord is is to talk to Him, all right? If you want to know what the will of, of any other person sitting in this room, the only way you'll know that is by indeed speaking to that person. If you don't, then you won't know what that person's will is. Amen? Amen? So as you move forward, look at what's going on around you today. Look at what's going on in your life. And to just make sure that you're staying uh, in God's will, the only way to do that is to commune and talk to Him and pray with Him. Amen? I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.